everyone. Uh, welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. I'm Nick Coleus, an editor for Bodybuilding.com, and Chrissy Kendall, PhD, is here. She's the science editor for Bodybuilding.com. Normally, we have a third guest, third microphone, water bottles, the third guest today. Um, but today, we're going to be enough, reason being Chrissy, uh, PhD, if I didn't already mention it, our in-house academic has had alarm bells going off like crazy recently when the immensely popular sports supplement creatine monohydrate was in the news the other day. Um, Chrissy's not just another swole gym rat. She is a university researcher who has been involved in studies looking at the effects of, among other things, creatine, right? Creatine itself, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's actually what got me started. My very first study that I was a participant in was Hmm. creatine. Okay. It started the whole thing. And this one, the one that was in the headlines that it was on NPR and different news outlets came from the journal Pediatrics. Um, and in it, someone posing as a, I think it was a 19-year-old posing as a 15-year-old, called up a bunch of supplement retailers and said, hey, I'm looking to get some mass. I want to get big. What should I take? And the vast majority of them, like 70-something percent, I could be getting that wrong, said, I'll take creatine, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, implicit in all of these stories is a question, is it safe or advisable for teenage athletes to take creatine? And the answer in most of these stories is they say, no, of course not. Doctors say teens should definitely not take it. It's a scary supplement. Um, so I wanted you, you I'm sure, I'm assuming you looked at the study. Right. Uh, what yeah. stuck out to you when you looked at this? A couple things. Um, one, uh, you know, beyond just how they conducted the research, whether or not, if you agree, I mean, it's the form of research they use or how they collected the data is a form of deception. Which is, it's okay to use, but obviously there are some moral issues with that, right? You are technically, I mean, you're lying and you're, you're saying you're someone who you're not. Um, mm-hmm. But they did make it clear that even when the retail uh, individuals did not specifically say creatine, if that's what they were looking for, they brought it up themselves. So, but they're still using that as Meeting a... the witness. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that kind of irked me. But if someone came to me and said, hey, I, I'm looking to increase strength, I'm looking to increase mass, and they go through everything and they say, can I take creatine or, you know, would you recommend it? Then absolutely I would if I went through the checklist and, you know, if the, that's what they wanted to say. Now, if I had a 15-year-old that said, hey, I'm looking to um, get in shape, is the first thing I'm going to say creatine? No, probably not. But if they, if what they led with is, I'm looking to take a supplement, I'm looking to take creatine, that's what I want to take, would you recommend it if these are my goals? Then yes, because to me, that's someone who probably did the research. They, you know, if they're an athlete, I'm going to assume that they're eating right, they're on a training program, and sure, you should check with them and make sure. But there's no reason why you can't recommend that mm-hmm. to an individual. So... You know, to say that you just had all of these people, the first thing, you know, someone picks up the phone and says, hi, I'd like to take a supplement. Take creatine. That's not what right. happened. You it know, was, and they, it was set up. It was set. Yeah, from the start. exactly. Yeah. I just feel like. And the other thing that really, you know, stuck out to me is they paired creatine with testosterone boosters, or at least that's how it came across oh, reading in, the in, article. Supplement, it's, right. Well, mm-hmm. and they put that together. It was when I asked if I should take creatine and or a testosterone booster. Oh, Those okay. are two totally separate things. But a lot of times, and this is where creatine gets such a negative um, connotation to it or an idea around it, is that people put, you know, um, 
a testosterone, uh, synthetic testosterone, a steroid, and creatine, which is a naturally occurring substance, one that our body creates just not enough mm -hmm. that we want to supplement with it. So something that's naturally produced with something that is um, not naturally or that you're taking exogenously or putting into your body, which could be dangerous, and you're putting those into the same sentence, into the same breath, that's unfair. Mm -hmm. That, and that, why don't we do that with, why isn't someone saying, well, vitamin D and testosterone? Mm -hmm. Why not? You know, like that, you know, it's just, it's for whatever reason, everyone bullies on creatine. Like that's somehow, mm -hmm. there's just this horrible one and people relate it to, oh, it's a steroid or it's only for bodybuilders. And, and, you know, I could go on and on about all the potential benefits for it. But that was the other thing that really jumped out at me. And when they were interviewing other physicians, there was an ER physician that they interviewed and, and the the article did say anecdotally, so hopefully people understand that that means that that's not scientifically shown. There's no actual research data. If it's anecdotally, that's just someone's personal experience with it or story to it or what they've seen. Um, but an ER physician, you know, had a, a, a patient come in and complain of symptoms and um, of course, they pinpointed on on creatine. Right. So I'm sure they didn't do a full dietary analysis. I'm sure they didn't go through every single possible thing, any other supplement, any other prescription, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that can. And when studies have isolated creatine by itself, they have shown time and time again that is safe over long term, um, that does not lead to compartment syndrome or swelling. It does not lead to heat intolerance or, um, you know, heat cramps, heat exhaustion, or mm -hmm. increase the risk of that. Um, it doesn't lead to dehydration. Uh, it doesn't lead to any of these things that people always point to it. Mm -hmm. um, and they just group it with creatine and all these other things. Well, right. all these other things tend to be those things yeah. that can possibly cause all these side Including, effects. yeah, pre-workouts, um, testosterone boosters, yep. all love all types of herbal supplements, exactly. fat loss supplements. Who, who knows? Who knows what's in there? Taking. Yeah, right. but they just pull out creatine. That's the one that they're mm -hmm. going to pull out every time. Now, creatine is not a banned substance, nope. but implied in some of the coverages, this is a bodybuilding supplement. It's not something that normal people take. Right. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, and that's unfortunate too. We mm -hmm. typically just see it with um, athletic individuals. I mean, I wouldn't even see bodybuilding because a lot of what it is, it's, it's a strength. So I would say anyone athletic, but it, I mean, its purposes go way beyond that. And they've done, you know, these great studies looking at older individuals and showing how it maintains um, uh, muscle mass, muscle strength, bone density. So when you look at past years, okay, so now I can bench 225, 250, whatever, right. but now I can, you know, my 80-year-old grandmother can put her groceries away, can get in and out of bed without a problem, can, um, you know, reduces the risk of, of falls and fractures and all sorts of things. So its applications go way beyond it. For whatever reason, it, it does tend to go more towards athletics because it's it's performance benefits on strength, high intensity performance on muscle mass. I mean, those blown out of the water and time and time again is the most effective supplement for that. Mm -hmm. um, but we are showing, ton, you know, other things that it can be used sure. for as well. Well, so let's talk specifically about teenagers, though, mm -hmm. because um, there was some implication in some of the coverage that I saw that, well, that that's all well and good for you when you're 21, or you're even 19, but when you're 17, your body is not ready for exogenous creatine. Yeah, and that that to me, okay, so, and I go back to when it grouped it with testosterone. Um, and I agree, 
<laughs> you should not be well that, that's someone's personal decision if whether you want to take testosterone or not but especially when you're dealing with a teenager um, a boy a male teenager who is um you know potentially going through puberty either right before or right after hormones are changing testosterone levels are fluctuating mm-hmm. by uh potentially manipulating what your body is producing on its own, it could have long-term effects. So if you're taking something that could affect how your body naturally cycles testosterone or its natural production of testosterone, that could have long-term effects. And I would definitely not do anything mm-hmm. that deals with that, especially during um, maturation or puberty during those times. Crucial hormonal period. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Creatine has no effect on that, no effect whatsoever, no more than what a bout of resistance training would do or anything else that could possibly or eating um, saturated fat could influence testosterone levels or, you know, anything else that might influence testosterone. There's nothing that's, you know, going to directly increase or decrease testosterone levels. Um, Now, what I will say is, uh, you know, if you're dealing with a 15 year old who is just, uh, you know, maybe they, uh, for the previous you know, 14 and a half years, not active at all, but now they want to go out and start, you know, being mm-hmm. part of a, a group sport or something like that. Yeah, you know, they probably don't need to from day one take mm-hmm. creatine. And I would tell the same thing to a 30-year-old mm-hmm. who, or 40-year-old who they have been sedentary their entire life. Do they need to take supplements on day one? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right. Activity is your supplement. Exactly. They are going to see so much just altering their diet, manipulating their diet in their training and their physical activity level that, yeah, probably for the first few months, they're going to have great changes and and positive benefits with just manipulating those two. But if I have a 15-year-old who has been in competitive sports since, you know, third grade or whenever you can start putting kids into sports. Or who or, is or regularly lifting. Regularly lifting, then there is no reason why. I would rather give my child five grams of creatine than say, I need you to eat two to three pounds of raw meat mm-hmm. in order to get five grams of creatine. Mm-hmm. It seems a lot safer to give them a teaspoon mm-hmm, of sure. creatine. Now, are there any studies specifically investigating the effects of creatine on teenagers? So, um, there, you know, teenagers. I would have. I'm not as clear on teenagers, but mm-hmm. um, younger kids. I do know, um, and most of those are case studies. And the reason um, for that being is for any research study to get approved, it has to go to, through the institutional review board, right. um, and it's just a standard procedure, and it's difficult. And you know, and I can appreciate that process. Um, it, but it, it's very protective of women. It's very protective of, um, pregnant women, of children, Mm -hmm. of elderly. And it's very rigorous trying to get a study approved. That's why we don't see very many studies in women. Um, mm-hmm. For that main reason, it's very difficult to get those through the IRB and mm. the menstrual cycle and, and things like that can um, affect results. And they just want to protect and not potentially um, uh, put a woman at risk for right. anything where it could. And then ultimately the data is messed up because, oh, she was on her um, a week oh, before okay. her menstrual cycle. The right. hormones are messed up now and you can't use any of her data. Mm-hmm. And Which, we just put her through so all of this. Similarly protective of teens as well. It, right. So developing. And, Exactly. But um, with that being said, there have been um, studies where they've given um, creatine to um, uh, babies, um, one-year-olds, as a neuroprotective uh, benefit um, in in pregnant women as well. Um, Because there are studies, and it's first started, most studies, anytime with dietary interventions or supplements specifically, usually starts in animals, rats. Um, And we found that creatine has a neuroprotective benefit especially with traumatic brain injuries, Mm. huge for contact sports. 
kids play contact sports right. um, and they start with Pop Warner or Pee Wee football. And that is you've got young kids who are playing, you know, soccer too, contact sports sure. and their increased risk of concussions. Um, and so that's a big push for me, too, is, you know, when people are saying don't take creatine, we're starting to show that it has a neuroprotective benefit and that's hmm. been shown in as young as one-year-olds um no we did not inflict brain injury on these so what we did and it started in animal models but then what we've been able to show is when young children have been brought into the hospital with traumatic brain injuries or with a head injury and they were giving them creatine they noticed that those who had creatine their um, number of days in the hospital were reduced because of um, the swelling in the brain went down and the recovering the brain and the neurological function um, because creatine is um, you know can be considered in the class of nootropics mm -hmm. so it has some cognitive some memory benefits as well but it reduced the number of days stayed in the hospital following a or traumatic brain injury or head injury concussion Right. Um, so yeah, again, I think of all the kids that are playing sports these days, all the kids that are having concussions, my cousin, second cousin just had one and immediately I told my cousin, I was like, oh, he needs to be taking creatine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just beyond any potential strength benefits, he's a football player, mm -hmm. it might benefit There's him as well, but benefit, it's just, right. yeah, protecting his brain mm -hmm. as well. So what about the person who says, well, we don't know the long-term implications. You get a kid started taking this, who takes it for five years. Um, you know, there, maybe there's not. A, are there studies that are getting addressing the long-term implications yeah, so, of usage? Yeah, um, so I know uh, Kreider. Um, he's at uh, Texas A&M right now. But when he was in Memphis, the longest I believe right now is two years. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's hard because you know, trying to tell someone to do something every single day right. for an extended period of time is very difficult. But when he was at Memphis University in Memphis, him and his colleagues had the football team taking creatine every single day. Um, and so the longest study is right around two years that we have, again, um, no detrimental effects, no blood markers, no negative changes to blood markers, liver changes, um, renal or kidney changes. Um, and, you know, my biggest thing with this is if you don't want to give your kids creatine, don't don't give your kids creatine. That's fine. Right. But don't give it this bad mm -hmm. rap or bad name right. or say that it has that. I can tell you if you gave someone ibuprofen for two years straight, do we have clinical data that says if I gave my child ibuprofen every day for two years or if i gave my child a, you know a this for every single day for two years or for three years do i know it's safe i don't know that we have data even on things that are regulated by the fda mm. every single day mm. that's very difficult to do mm. now, there was one interesting thing that i might recall seeing from one of the stories was the suggestion that well the creatine itself might not be the problem it's that it's probably tampered Mm -hmm. and it has steroids in it. Yeah. Um, if the creatine was pure, it would be okay, but it's probably not because it's a, it's a supplement. Yeah. It's a nasty yeah. supplement. And, so, yeah. So how do, you, how do you interpret that comment? Because it seems a little contradictory. You look at it and you say, oh, creatine's a problem, and then they say, well, creatine maybe isn't the it's, problem. It's, it's the stuff that's in the creatine. Yeah, and again, it's just this whole idea of, you know, that, we, that the whole supplement industry is corrupt, mm -hmm. that we will do whatever, you know, to make a dollar and put something on the shelf. Um, First of all, you know, and, and we've had this discussion before. Yes, you can put something on the shelf, but at that point, FDA has every single right, and they will investigate a product that's on the shelf. Um, and, and that happens a lot. Daily. Yeah, right. daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if something is mentioned on the label or if, you know, you have your ingredient, you know, a claim that's on the label or the ingredient list itself, if the FDA tests that product and either finds that the ingredients do not match what's on the label mm -hmm. or the claims are not substantiated by what's in the product, they'll pull the 
the or send a letter to the company to pull the product mm-hmm. or there's you know legal um, uh, ramifications to that mm-hmm. so um, yes you know there, anything runs the risk of being contaminated but within the supplement industry you know there's uh, there's certifications there's um, testing that you can do be a smart consumer look for um, uh, uh, labels that say good manufacturing practices, GMP, you know that where those products are being manufactured, that um, the the machines are being sterile, uh, that in between, if a um, manufacturing plant is in charge of processing and manufacturing multiple different uh, products or supplements, mm-hmm. um, if it's following GMP or good manufacturing practices, they should be cleaning and, and keeping everything from cross-contaminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also, you know, if you're an athlete um, and most would be, you know, are interested in taking creatine, you don't want to take something that's banned because right. then you could get in trouble. So you look for NSF or uh, WADA certifications, mm-hmm. World Anti-Doping Agency certifications. So the supplement industry does have regulations. It has certifications, and you can look for that. You know, don't you don't have to be sketchy about it and mm-hmm. find you know some random uh, internet right. sales place. And anything can be contaminated. And I remember you know when we said that, my first thing is well. Spinach has been contaminated. Right. Chicken, FDA regulates ice cream sandwiches. Food. Yep, right. peanut mm-hmm. butter contaminated. Mm-hmm. Anything can get contaminated. And yeah, so absolutely. And again, it's not the spinach that makes people sick or that could possibly kill someone or the peanut butter. It's the bacteria Mm -hmm. in it, just like it's whatever happens to get into a product Mm -hmm. that. So so with creatine, does that, you know, all of these safeguards that you're talking about, do they just make it so that it's all of a sudden an incredibly expensive supplement that's way out of the reach yeah, no. of a 16-year-old. <laughs> Creatine is the cheapest. But that's it seems what, like. Yeah. like that's, that's what I that's tell one people. Concern is, you know, on sites, uh, you can buy a huge bottle, $10 mm-hmm. with, with those safeguards in place, mm-hmm. it seems, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too. And it's, you know, we're not, you look at some of these other um, products and, and some of them, you know, will be 50 60 $70 for a one-month supply. Right. And I just bought a, a thing of creatine, which, you know, 10 bucks for, gosh, I think it's like a three or four months. But it's crazy. You know, it's the cheapest supplement out there, has the most data to not only support its effectiveness, but its safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, again, f- all age ranges at this point. I will challenge anyone to find a clinical paper where it directly pinpoints creatine as a cause for renal failure, disease, kidney, um, or liver, um, mm-hmm. muscle cramps, compartment syndrome, because I will. Ha- I have a list and I have more and I will say, and I can show you all of these meta-analyses, review papers, um, actual uh, uh, double-blind placebo-controlled papers that have shown that it is not dangerous. It's not unsafe to use. What about things like uh, panic attacks and psychosis you hear about as well? Yeah, you, know, you know, and I, I always get comments on on paper or articles, you know, we just published one about why women should take creatine. And, you know, someone's like, well, I get acne every time. Well, I don't know why you get acne. <laughs> or, you know, like there's always that one or two, like right. everyone can, can react a little different. And I, I don't know how to explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, but the research I, does I don't. Not yeah, there's there. Yeah, I think you know some people probably you you know could take something else and have some weird and it might be in their head right. or not. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. come to any uh, judgments, but it's. So, so what would have made this study better? Um, for one, I think if they would have included um, 
someone who has done research with creatine mm-hmm. would have been nice. Um, no one. So they had the the pediatrics, the uh, like you mentioned, the um, or the, it was published in a journal for pediatrics. The lead researchers have never published or done anything with um, dietary inter- interventions, supplement interventions, um, working with athletic populations have never done anything with creatine. The um, like I said, the ER physicians again nothing to do, um, research with creatine, um, all of the other outlets that published or, you know, talked about this again, did nothing to bring in another, um, viewpoint Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, to, to say that a study, you know, I'm not, not downplaying any of their findings. Mm-hmm. Um, there are studies all the time that they might find something that's different than what other studies find. And that's why we do research right. to come up with new things. But that doesn't mean you ignore or you brush aside mm-hmm. what 30, 40, 50 other papers have shown, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that it can be safer. That, you know, So to just completely ignore that or why, you know, to just not present any side mm-hmm. to that, um, would have been uh it would have been nice to see mm-hmm. to see that or um you know to explain or even just to separate the creatine and the testosterone boosters that really irked me because that that's a big one that we see a lot um and it wasn't that long ago that there was another paper that came out that grouped creatine with a group of other dietary supplements that included testosterone boosters and then all these other things that I can't even pronounce because I don't even know what they, you know, how to say them. Um, You know, if we're going to always, you know, bully this one, like let's isolate it and look at it individually Um, because we don't do the same. Like no one ever says anything that beta alanine, right? (laughs) you know, or (laughs) branching amino acids. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from hey, that thing doesn't work or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and everything that they presented as far as, you know, oh, this one patient had this or that, none of it was um, research-backed. There was no data on it. That seems like a big problem. Yeah. So it was based on what? Just on legend and rumor? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's what... And and that's the thing. So if if you were super against something, um, let's say that I was totally against the keto diet. Like, I just hated it and mm-hmm. someone came in to you know to and I was an ER physician and someone came in and said that they um were feeling horrible and da, 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 you know in my you know initial thing like I paid no attention to what their training what their diet what their supplements mm-hmm. were but they told me that they were following a high fat low carb diet and then I just jumped and said it's the keto diet right it's killing you you know mm-hmm. that might be a little dramatic but that's what that's what we're doing without looking at anything else and just assuming that it's mm-hmm. A hundred percent that based on, you know, because, you know, keto diet is getting a lot of attention. So to assume, you know, to just harp on one thing and and to not really investigate anything else, um, you know, and it can be somewhat dangerous because, like I said, going back to creatine and compartment syndrome. Mm-hmm. Which um, is? So um, compartment syndrome, you know, if you around your muscles and in certain areas, you basically have sheath right. or like a connective sheath. Um and um, the muscle underneath can swell or get inflamed into mm-hmm. the point where, um, you know, your your blood vessels and you have um, fluid accumulation and uh, causing the area mm-hmm. underneath that sheath to swell. It can be very painful. It can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, it typically happens in extremities. So you think the lower leg okay. or the arm. Um, and it's... Um, 
there have been isolated cases where people have said creatine. But what's interesting is that when you look at those, and there have been a uh, a few times where people have really dug in to figure out, is this really creatine? Mm -hmm. What they found is that those individuals, I know there's one case study where initially they said creatine, um, they did a heinous workout, Mm -hmm. an absolutely heinous, heinous workout, like rhabdo to the extreme, Mm -hmm. and they blamed it on creatine. And, and without looking at blood markers and all these other things that just so, pure choice. The yes. Choice is so uh, you know, it, you when we have this mindset, it could be somewhat dangerous because we're not looking at all these other factors. So if we're just going to say it's creatine, and they keep doing this type of workout or what, you know, that's again one example. But if we ignore all these other factors and we're we have our blinders on to it, well, we might not be picking up on some of these other issues. Um, and that's what happened. And you know, the same thing like. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, been shown to uh, cause issues with thermoregulation. It's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been shown to be beneficial if you are, you know, training in hot, humid weather because it helps with um, water retention, especially if you're doing a higher dose, um, right? It pulls water into the cell. So it actually has a beneficial effect for okay. thermoregulation. So it doesn't cause dehydration. E- exactly. It actually can prevent and, dehydration. Yeah. And so when now people it. are saying like creatine causes dehydration, it's right. like, no, something else is, and you should probably look into seeing what that is mm-hmm. whether that's you're not drinking enough water is it change you know do you need to modify your training when you're training the time the location are there other things and you know because let's say you just take out creatine and do everything else the same you may not be fixing that and you may be at another risk for dehydration or you know another heat illness mm-hmm. So now I've seen statistics, and I forget where this is from, so I could be getting it wrong, saying that somewhere around 75% of uh, competitive collegiate athletes in different disciplines actually take creatine. Mm-hmm. So speaking to you know uh, a parent, uh, perhaps, of a student athlete who thinks, well, I don't know if my son or daughter's taking it, but they, they could be. Do I have something to worry about if that's just part of the athletic culture? Do they have something to worry about from creatine, most likely? Yeah, no, I don't, and no. I would say no. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a gateway drug to anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like, oh, you start with creatine. Where are you going to end up right. next? Mm-hmm. I think some people think that way, too. Yeah, the um, supplement world. The yeah, dark like, mm-hmm. Start with the easy stuff mm-hmm. and then go somewhere. Um, I would just, as a parent, I would just want to make sure, you know, I'd be like, well, wh- what are you taking? And, and that's a lot, you know, for, I'd want to make sure they're taking creatine monohydrate. That's what I would that's what I take, mm-hmm. and that's what I prefer As my child to take. To creatine HCL, blend, creatine right. nitrate. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason for that is just because the research has been done in creatine monohydrate. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying creatine nitrate or creatine HCL does not work, is not great, whatever it mm-hmm. may be. But we don't know the correct dosing yet because there's not been enough research on it. Um, so is one or two grams of HCL equal to three to five grams of monohydrate? Right. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So it, that's that's the reason for my monohydrate. So again, just making sure that, and because um, student athletes are, um, they you know, depending if they're at the collegiate level or higher, they mm-hmm. could get urine tests or sure. um, blood tests. I just want to make sure that they're taking ones that are certified WADA, mm-hmm. um, NSF. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of, of products out there that are sort of, the muscle blend that's got a bunch of stuff yep. and creatine in yeah. it as well. You're saying I, go I for the creatine instead, yep. yeah. especially a lot of them if you're are, a drug tested Yeah, athlete. and mm-hmm. a lot of them are underdosed too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reason for that, some of them, because they, you know, you'll take a pre and a post workout. Right. And the pre will have some and the post will have some. And you take them together and you get your five grams and that's right. great. But if you're only taking one or the other, then you're typically not getting enough. Uh, you know, if you're a college student, you don't have all the money in the world to take, you know, all these supplements. Um, but yeah, then you're also taking potentially a list of other things that you're not quite sure. And some of them could very well be safe. Um, there are some great pre and post workouts out there. If you've got beta alanine and some of them are formulated great. And then you have all of them in one. If you are not sure on the dosing, what all of them are, just get a tub of creatine and mix with anything that you want. And you can take it anytime during the day. You can take it pre-workout, post-workout in the morning before bed in the afternoon it doesn't matter. So that's the other nice thing about having on its own. You can just take it whenever you want. You don't have to take it, you know, with 200 milligrams of caffeine in your pre-workout. Right. So it's like, I forgot to take it. Now I'm going to take it before I go to bed. bed right, yeah, exactly. So, Okay. Well, you heard it. Chrissy's yes. challenge. Come up with the science. Prove her wrong. There you go. Wrong. There you go. I'm willing to take on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a list of references. Yeah, here we go. Here. This is a piece of paper. <laughs> just nothing but creatine yep. references. So she's ready and waiting, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Awesome. I hope we were Thanks, able to provide guys. some clarity.